Welcome to Market Scale Sports and Entertainment. I'm your host, Sean Heath. Today, I have an opportunity of having a conversation with the CEO for Iron Neck, Matt Schmidt. Matt, how are you today? Doing great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you taking the time. I have to say, I know a little bit about Iron Neck as a product. I know considerably less about Matt Schmidt as the CEO of Iron Neck. Can you give me the elevator pitch on how you got involved with this? Sure. Um, I grew up playing sports and then walked on to the football team while I was at Central Washington University, played a couple years of uh, football there, and then uh, was also an ROTC. So I spent 10 years in the Air Force. I uh, lived in Charleston, South Carolina, was stationed in Korea for a couple of years and was picked up to, uh, to teach the Air Force Academy. So then I went back to Austin, got my MBA from the University of Texas for two years, graduated there in 2013, and then spent three years teaching at the U.S. Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. Uh, throughout my Air Force career, I was a high school football coach for five years, kind of off and on and have always maintained a close relationship with sports and fitness. And then while I was teaching at the Air Force Academy, I was teaching a class called Technological Innovation. And one of my students presented a product to the class for her, her semester-long project, and it was Iron Neck. She was the niece of Mike Jolly. And as soon as I heard her pitch to the class, I was immediately intrigued, reached out to Mike right away. Uh, within about six months, I taking the reins as CEO and then separated from the Air Force a year later to run the company full time. And we moved all operations to Austin, Texas. One of the really weird sort of historical facts about Iron Neck is that the the problem that you're solving, the the issue that you're addressing used to have somewhat of a solution, or at least people paid attention to the challenge of neck strength. And then for some reason, it just sort of faded out of consciousness. Why Why did that happen to make iron neck necessary in the first place? That's a good question. Um, so I, I travel to uh, a lot of coaching clinics and conferences throughout the year, probably 20 to 30 a year uh, all around the country. And I get that a lot from coaches. And they say, hey, when I, when I used to be playing football, we would train the neck every day. Uh, and then it just went away, like you said. And nobody really knows why. I think um, a big part of it is training became a little bit more functional. And the way that neck training used to be done was not necessarily functional. It was more a matter of gaining strength and size without really a purpose. And so when CTE and concussions sort of intertwined, around 2010 to 2012 uh, and neck strength. There was some early research being done around neck strength as a way to reduce concussion risk. There became a purpose for neck strengthening and, and Mike Jolly invented iron neck around that time. And now as more information is, is gathered and available to coaches and athletic trainers and athletic directors and parents and athletes, People are actively seeking out ways to strengthen their neck as a preventative way or proactive way to reduce their their risk of concussion. Now, I don't want to sound like a smart aleck, but it seems that we could all agree as the thing that connects your head to the rest of your body, the neck is pretty important. I think we can all agree on that. I agree. 
Sure. And um, so strengthening it and and creating a a much better um, environment for your head to rest on is a no-brainer. And the weird thing about sports in general is non-recreational sports, organized sports, are generally pretty expensive. And recreational sports, depending on the level at which you want to compete, also are very expensive. So gear and and workout equipment is not cheap if you want to buy something that's quality that actually will benefit you. The Iron Neck system has never been ridiculously overpriced. You've always had a, a focus on making sure that the people who can benefit the most from this can actually get their hands on it. You guys took another step to make it even more available to weekend warriors, so to speak. Talk to me about that development. Yes, sir. Over the past couple of years, we've made a lot of improvements to the Iron Neck design, its comfort, uh, its usability, and and as you alluded to, the price. Two years ago, we had one Iron Neck model, one size, and it was uh, $7.99 plus accessories, so $8.25 for a bundle. And that's not a ridiculous price. Let me let's say just from the beginning, that's not a crazy price. Right. When you look at all of the other equipment in the sporting world, that's not that was a good price to begin with, but you made it even better. Yeah, I think that I think it's a fair price, especially when compared to what the what the previous gold standard was in neck strengthening, and that was four way neck machine. It's hard to get a four way neck machine today uh, for less than a thousand dollars, and the nice ones the uh, that the, the bigger companies make are 2000, 3000 or more. And so, but, but we wanted to, we wanted to make it available to schools and to some people that, that weren't already um, actively strengthening the net. And we knew that it had to be efficient. And the way that it's efficient with a hundred athletes in a weight room at a time is you gotta, you can't have a bottleneck. So you've got to have a, a few of these things in order to get, kids through or athletes through efficiently and so we set our sights on on some uh targets and we work to get our costs down and then and then pass those savings on on to the customers and then your question was uh was what what was the recent step that we had uh had just taken and that was introducing an iron neck home model and so now we've got a home a varsity and a pro model and they all work the same through the linear resistance or horizontal resistance where you put this iron neck on your head, you attach a resistance band or a cable pulley to the iron neck truck, the device that rotates around the the circular track, and you load uh, a linear load. So with the resistance band, you just step back, depending on how much resistance you want. With the cable pulley machine, you set the weight on the weight stack, depending on how much weight you want. but where the three models are different is in the rotational resistance. So you can imagine rotational resistance by putting your hand against your temple and trying to rotate your head through your hand. And as you apply pressure with your hand, you're applying rotational resistance. That's what the iron neck does in the rotational resistance capacity. So you're able to train consistently through rotation. And our pro model, it's got the ability to adjust from no rotational resistance all the way to the point where that truck is locked down on the track in place. 
and our varsity model, which is great for high schools that need a few of these things or colleges that need a few, but don't have the funds to buy the pro model at, at in bulk, the varsity model has a fixed amount of rotational resistance. It's just not adjustable. And our home model, as you said, is, is more for your weekend warrior or your desk worker or anybody that's rehabbing uh, neck posture, limited mobility in the neck, uh, spine issues, because uh, it's a great core training device as well since the lever point is so high up on the body. It's at the forehead pulling the entire body in a singular direction. Uh, the Iron Neck Home is great for somebody that wants access to this tool but doesn't necessarily need the rotational resistance, which again is important for athletes because there's a rotational force acceleration component of, uh, of concussions. But for just average you, you know, you and me, we're not, we're not exposing ourselves to significant rotational force acceleration. What we're looking for is stability and strength in the neck and core and then mobility uh, as we rotate our head and, and, and move around our spine. Now, in talking to Mike previously, um, he made it very clear just how integrated the input has been from physical therapists, mm -hmm. chiropractors. You've done a lot of, uh, from the medical side, of making this physically rewarding. And... The neck is an extremely vulnerable part of anyone's body, not just a, an elite athlete's body, as you mentioned. There are other parts of the body that probably could use a little attention as well. Any chance you guys are thinking about maybe branching out a little, another different part on the body? Yeah. Because the, the concept, the physical concept that you've come up with, the rotational resistance, and those are basic sound concepts of physics. Can you apply those anywhere else? Yeah, we've, we've actually got a couple things in the pipeline. That's a, a great observation. So the iron neck obviously works um, from the neck down. It's worn around uh, just above the ears, you know, all the way around the head. It's working the neck down through the spine and working the core because you've got to resist uh, from, the, from the neck down. A couple things that we've got in the pipeline is, uh, is a product right now we've dubbed Rev Trainer, and it's going to be worn around the waist. So you'll be able to run with this. You'll be able to uh, jump with this thing on, and you'll be able to use this in, in rehab settings. So a couple different applications that we've got our site set on for the rev trainer is obviously rehabilitation. Anybody that's, that is rehabbing a lower extremity uh, injury. So ACLs, ankle injuries, uh, anything in the legs, perhaps even in the, even the hips. Um, athletic performance is another segment. So you see right now sprinters working with parachutes or dragging a sled. Uh, it's very difficult for them, though, to change direction. So going from a sprint to a backpedal. Right now, you can't really do that because there's not a there's not a track system where you can rotate the body and then accelerate. The Rev Trainer would solve that. So it's a, a similar design and concept to the Iron Neck, except obviously worn around the waist, and it's got that track system. So you can run in any direction, and it's always going to have the same line of pull. Uh, a third segment that we're really excited about is group fitness classes. So there, there are a lot of group fitness classes 
available right now. Take Reebok Step Class or a Zumba class, for example. You can combine those type of classes with some linear resistance and just exemplify the the training that you're trying to accomplish. You know, one of the the biggest struggles in for anybody working out is you can work out the right way, but you can also work out the wrong way. You can lift a weight with incorrect elbow position and you actually do more damage than you do good. You need a, a, a finite imaginary track or, or repeatable move. And for example, in free weights, that's, you know, there's so much discipline that has to go into that. You have to learn the exact form in order to not injure yourself. One of the interesting things I, I see in Iron Nick is it's almost impossible to use it incorrectly because of the way it's designed. It only allows you to do it the right way, the right movement without over rotation or under rotation, or it's really a way to remove that fear of injury that is the fear of injury, the fear of CTE is probably something that's causing youth sports uh, participation to drop. And rightfully so. I mean, obviously you want your we want our kids to be safe, but if they can train in a safe procedure like the Iron Neck provides or like you're going to have as part of the Rev Trainer, isn't that just the common sense way to approach this? How come that's not the standard? How come you guys are the ones that are having to say, hey, look, this is the logical way to do this? Well, I, I think that's a, that's a great question, and there's a lot that goes into it. So number one, working with and training the neck is scary to a lot of people, right? You, even if you're hurt, you avoid going to a physical therapist. You avoid going to a, a chiropractor. You avoid doing anything. Uh, for fear that it might make it worse. And and I appreciate what you said that, you know, it's hard to use Iron Neck incorrectly. There are certainly ways that you could use it um, a little less efficiently, a little less fluidly um, as, you're, as you're going through the different movements. But, I mean, put this thing on and just move around. You've got horizontal resistance pulling you. You are... Uh, you are training the muscles opposite the side of the pole, uh, down from the neck, down through the spine and the core. So it's hard to use it incorrectly, as you said. Uh, but there, there is a little bit of a learning curve uh, for, for certain individuals trying to get this on and just perform the, the movements as, uh, as efficiently and fluidly as possible. And then the youth sports. I, yeah, there's definitely been a trend over the past decade of youth sports participation going down um, it's not at a significantly critical level right now but it is a trend and everybody involved uh, from the the organization standpoint and I'm talking about high schools or colleges or sports organizations domestically and internationally they're looking at ways that they can make the game safer uh, make equipment better and provide more safety to the to the athletes, and then there's a a diagnostic and uh, and recognition aspect where you want to be able to quickly recognize when somebody is injured, whether that's a concussion or any other type of injury, and that has advanced over the past decade. And then what we do is in, in the preventative maintenance of the body. So we're trying to build 
safer athletes in the weight room ahead of time before they get out on the field or on the mat or on the court or on the slopes so that they've got the chance to prepare their body for the rigors of sports ahead of time. And, uh, and, and over the past five or 10 years, there's been mounting research showing that neck strengthening has a relationship on concussion risk. There was a study that came out in 2014. Uh, it monitored 6,700 high school kids, boys and girls, across basketball, lacrosse, and soccer for two and a half years. And they measured neck size and neck strength at the beginning of the study and then monitored all the kids for concussions during that two and a half year period. And what they found when they analyzed all the data at the end of the study was that for every one pound increase in neck strength, odds of concussion decreased 5%. Now, adding one pound of neck strength is nothing. That can be done in a week. Uh, use an iron neck or many other devices. Iron neck, again, it allows you to train functionally, increases strength and mobility, which sets it apart from, from other devices and other modes of training. Unfortunately, one of the best ways to develop preventative workout re uh, regimens is you have to see an injury and then you work backwards from that. What would we strengthen to prevent this injury from happening? Unfortunately, that's how, you know, we have to see the injury before maybe sometimes you notice, Oh, here's a way we could have prevented that injury. So uh, all of the data that you generated through all the tracking of all the injuries uh, is really what goes into developing something like Iron Neck. You you see a problem and then you work backwards and find, oh, well, here's a solution. You follow the thread backwards. Um, but in gathering that data, the methods vary wildly from industry to industry, specifically in the sports industry. Do you find that the advancement in technology with regard to sensors is something that's really going to start playing a much larger part in the way solutions such as Iron Neck are developed? I think it already has. I think sensors uh, are already becoming a commonplace uh, part of sports and, and athlete performance and development. So you look at, uh, at, at some of the major college and professional sports programs, and even some high schools have a little bit more access to some of these things. They're measuring force and power and speed on multiple lifts in the weight room, which wasn't around five or 10 years ago. Uh, before you were measuring how much weight do you have on the bar and how many times can you do it? Now it's how quickly are you moving that weight and how much power are you uh, exerting with, with a certain lift? Um, they're also measuring heart rate and hydration and distance traveled and not only distance traveled, but what type of distance was it? Was it a high rate of speed? Was it just kind of walking? And so all of that stuff is being monitored already at certain levels uh, of athletics. And then as it relates to concussions and, and the type of injuries that, that we're trying to uh, prevent or reduce, there's some, there are some sensors that are going in, in certain helmets right now that are, that's, that are trying to measure the force acceleration of the head. So how quickly and how far is, uh, is the head traveling through a, a frame of space 
and taking that data and trying to identify, okay, was this hit potentially damaging to the brain? And so as we gather more and more data from sensors and helmets or stick on sensors that you might put behind the ear or a sensor that, that might be in a mouth guard, as we accumulate more and more data, we're going to figure out what speed or what type of accelerating force is potentially damaging. Right now, it's, it's almost a guessing game. It's, uh, we're looking for spikes, right? And so when a spike occurs, we say, hey, let's look at number 23 and see if he's all right. Uh, we're going to get a lot better at that as an industry uh, over, the next, over the next decade. Well, I always felt that the best way to combat a problem is to prevent it if possible. And I think you guys are onto something. It's really a very cool concept and the approach that you've taken, um, I think is something that, that makes a difference, especially starting at that younger age group during the developmental process when you can create not only uh, a better base physically for them at a younger age, but you can create habits that help lead hopefully to longer careers and healthier post-career lives. Uh, I really want to thank you for taking the time today. It's been my pleasure to have a conversation with the CEO of Ironneck, Matt Schmidt. Matt, thanks so much. This has really been cool talking to you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate your time and uh, and uh, look forward to, uh, to talking again in the future. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.